Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Child Whisperer Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her creative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of child whispering, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Welcome to the Weekly Child Whisperer podcast. It's great to have you. I hope you took some time to listen to last week's show and are incorporating some of those quick fitness tips for busy moms. It just makes all the difference when you care for your body, both with food and fitness, healthy food and healthy fitness, to help you stay balanced as a parent. So I encourage you to listen to last week's show. I try and make it easy and simple to implement the things that I share. So enjoy last week's show. On the Child Whisper blog, there's some great posts to review. I'm looking at the blog at this moment online. Go to thechildwhisper.com and the blog tab is on the top. And we are continuing our series with the four types of moms and their pregnancy. So the pregnancy, perfect ideas for the type 4 mom. And I've interviewed a mom that's either um, pregnant or was recently had a child. And we also have the pregnancy practical tips for type 3 moms has also been posted. Those are very enjoyable. So make sure you check those out. And it would be fun for you to even uh, listen to those interviews and read the blog posts to see if your experience was um, compatible with the moms that I'm interviewing, just for your for more added insight to how you do live true to your nature in many ways day to day and the nuances of life that you didn't have a lens to see it through and recognize it and see that that was really perfect for you and really important for you to support yourself. And I'm sure you'll pick up some insights, um, whether you're in the phase of pregnancy or you're not, no longer having children, you've never had children, you'll always gain insights when you hear other people talk about their type and their life experience. And then on the carolblog.com, I have a great post with my daughter-in-law. We've been running a series that's been extremely popular. That it, We call it the Four Types series. And we take someone in our, um, from our team and dress them in the four types and have them express, we then edit it, and they're on camera with me, and they have to share what their experience is like. And the four types of Jaleo just got posted recently. And I know this young lady very, very well. She is the epitome of type 1 energy, very fun and lively, and not in every moment. You have to understand, type 1s aren't always expressing their um, effervescence. She has her quiet moments for sure. But just to see her dressed in these other types is is awkward <laughs> for me. It's like, oh, it's contrary to who you are. She looks okay in the type 3, but she really posed well for that one. <coughs> Excuse me. But she looks made up in every one of these. You know, the only way she looks really naturally herself is type 1. So go to thecarolblog.com and make sure you check that post out in a really uh, fabulous post how to charge what you're really worth, even if it freaks you out. And that doesn't have to be in your, uh, that could be, are you, are you really manifesting the money that's compatible with the value of you, and, and are you still compromising? You can learn a lot from this post about how your own sense of personal worth and confidence equates into the money experience that you're having. And then another great post, how to improve your workplace culture so you love going to work. I enjoy those. They're really great posts. And this year, I'm doing something different. Um, last year, 
once a month on a Monday, I released a healing mini healing session video on my blog that was focused on helping you heal your money wounds and your money limiting programming and your money beliefs that are keeping you stuck in lack. This year, and those are all on the blog, so you can access those. They're all in, indexed. But this year, I want to do something different because it's interesting that we seem to create this kind of phenomena with money and weight. We create not enough money and too much weight. And it's like, really, if we just like flip that, would everybody be happy? No, but we think, tend to think we would be happier if we flip those. So this year, I'm looking at how to create a healthy body and lose the unwanted pounds you want and get more fit. And so the, the post that there's a post that you want to go and um, read how to reach healthy weight this year by resetting your appetite. So enjoy those on the carolblog.com. And you can subscribe to both blogs so that you get a weekly update on the blog posts for the week. And that makes it easy for you to access those, access those on a weekly basis. So please enjoy both blogs that are to support you in your health and well-being and, and both your personal self and in your parenting and family experience. So today's topic I think will be really interesting. And I'd love for any callers to ca call in and comment if they've had this experience with their children and what went wrong, what they did that they wouldn't do again, and what have they learned from it and how any insights that can be shared. The topic is what to do when your child has a toxic friend. And the word toxic would suggest that they're a negative influence on your child, that they're, they're affecting your child's decisions possibly, maybe they're not treating your child well, your, your child is you feel they're a little too close to this person that's not, uh, maybe that friend comes from a more toxic family environment, you don't want them in their home. There's many levels of toxicity. And this would be age variable as well because younger children, obviously, you have a little more influence and say because they can't get themselves to other places. So school environments or church environments may be the place that they can connect with this friend. But the older your child gets, the more mobility they have to choose to be with someone even if you're telling them they can't. So the standard sort of I'm your parent, do what I say approach is to just tell your child they can't be with that friend. And, you know, I don't want you to spend time with that person. That, in my opinion, is going to backfire ultimately because it's taking a choice away from your child and there's no growth and learning from it. There's no healing. There's no understanding and no benefit to nurture the parent-child relationship. It's basically just the parent putting their foot down and saying, that's it. I don't want you spending time. You know, I'm talking about an older child, maybe eight and up. The younger ones, you have more, like I said, more influence. But it really puts you in a position of control and does not perpetuate endearment and trust and deep feelings of um, camaraderie that create bond and cooperation. And so I understand when you're really, you know, it really it makes you nervous. It really is concerning. I've been in this situation. And yet I know with certain types of children, they're going to do what they want to do anyway, ultimately, just because they feel their choice has been taken away. So I'd invite you, if this is happening in your world, to first step back and do some assessment about it, some looking at it with consideration to answer some questions before you do anything. First, I would look at why is this happening? What's creating this? What's going on in my child's life, my child's life, that they're even attracted to that, that they feel that's a value to them? 
Are they wounded because I've not recognized their true nature enough through the years and their own sense of esteem and value isn't strong and active enough for them to attract people that would be of a similar energetic expression? Uh, Do I treat my child in any way that has trained them that they, they don't deserve any better or... You know, what is happening that would set your child up to make a choice like this? And you have to kind of look at the bigger timeline of what has happened through the years. I've met a lot of parents since I've read The Child Whisperer, and I've had parents willingly acknowledge that they feel they have wounded their children. They've recognized that when they, you know, they're 10, 12, 15 20, 25-year-old, 40-year-old, you know, they say, I see what I did. I didn't do it on purpose, but I recognize that I didn't. I didn't honor them. You know, what, even the subtleties that are expressed within the family system, is hostile humor a part allowed in the family system? The negative connotations and references kind of wrapped in humor you know, what is allowed that, what's the toxicity going on in your own family that even, you know, would make that seem very familiar for a child? This is what I'm used to, kind of how we, you know, this is, and they've just taken it to another level. It's more amplified. So maybe that's a message for you to kind of look at how are we doing? What can we clean up in our own family system as far as rapport and how we speak to each other and the tone of voice we use and the are we yelling a lot you know what's the energy of the family system that my child would seek that out outside the family as well that it's the familiar experience and so as you evaluate what's creating this i'm pretty sure you'll come up with some things that you'll go all right that's contributing to this i need to first make help influence some changes and some cracks and things in that experience before I can expect my child to make some changes. And teach, you know, it's your role to teach your children first and foremost to, to help support them in the... I don't think you have to teach your children who they are. I believe they come with that. I believe they start to know themselves. It's your opportunity to help validate who they are, give recognition to it, give support and provide experience for them to develop their natural gifts and tendencies. That's your role. You don't, you know, then you you teach, ch- I think children, when living in a state of confidence, human beings naturally have good morals, which generally speaking are, they want to be kind to others. They're considerate that hu- human beings are, designed to be of goodwill. And so you don't have to, you know, beat that into a child or convince them that I think it, you, once they're raised to their nature, the humanity of a human being comes forward. And so if your child is drawn to, the other piece to look at is, are, is your chill, is your child mirroring some piece of your childhood? Because it's interesting how often our children will reflect back to us a story from our own childhood that we've never accounted for or healed. That we have that's still energetically running in our subconscious, and they're showing you know the pattern is playing out again. What is your child doing that you did or your spouse did that's familiar? And approach that from your own healing place. Clear that up for yourself. I recently went to lunch with a good friend who is an avid child whispering parent, and she shared with me about one of her children who was in his, who was in his teens, about his face was breaking out a lot. And she wanted, it was really concerned for him and wanted to help him. And I said, what if he's showing you something you haven't 
taken care of from your past. He said, were you confident when you were... And I knew the answer, but I was because I know her really well. And I said, um, you know, were you confident when you were 14? Did you have issues with your looks and your complexion when you were younger? And yes, yes. I don't. I said I. I think that 14-year-old is still not. You know that part of yourself has never loved and accepted herself. That part of you is still living in that story and that energy. Go and, you know, through visualization, go get that 14-year-old and heal her complexion, bring her into the light, and take her out of that story and and support her and learn and starting to feel the love she has for herself to feel that she was an attractive young lady. And so our children are always a mirror for us, giving us clues to our unresolved past. What are your children? Did you have toxic friends? Were you rebelling because your parents didn't recognize you? Did you feel unloved and unsupported in your family system? So you sought out people that you felt were less judgmental. It's pretty typical that kids that are kind of the rogue kids, the kids that aren't the popular kids, they tend to be all accepting. They, they're. It's kind of the, you know, we're not. They, they are. They come together because they feel there's a sense of um, mutual acceptance because they kind of don't, you know, and on some level they feel like they are the rejects and so they're not going to reject each other, see, because in a school system especially there's just a class system of popular and not so popular and hopefully that will all change within time as we become a more conscious planet and I think it's still pretty operative and so why you know if your child is feeling loved and accepted where are they not feeling loved and accepted fully in their own home and it may be an act on their part and I'm thinking teenagers right now teenagers that feel what they don't feel love and accepted for who they are or it's built up over the years. It may be an act of rebellion to say, I need to make choices, even though these aren't choices that I might necessarily want. They're important to me right now because it gives me some avenue of choosing for myself. That that's what, why they're choosing it. That's the priority. I'm choosing this because I'm honoring myself first, even though I'm probably not even drawn to this, but I do need, you know, I need that. And so that's a subconscious thing that's influencing that choice. Now, the sm- younger the child, if they're, there's an opportunity to educate and influence and help children how to create relationship and how to choose friends that are kind and supportive, that there's reciprocal energy. But again, look in your own life. How many friends or associations do you have where you come away from that and you feel a little bit taken advantage of or you don't feel loved and honored or you don't feel you're as uh, supported as much as the support you give? And so, again, your child may be giving you an amplified mirroring effect to say, well, I'm doing it. How can I, why would I expect my child to do anything different? Because, you know, to sit down and teach your child about choosing to be with people that love and support them and who respect them, you need to ask yourself, you need to have that same little chat with yourself. Well, how well am I doing that? Because how can I expect my child to make these these better choices when I don't even make them? But I've come to, you know, you may not think your association or your relationship is that toxic because you're so conditioned to not expecting much and you have a pattern of giving more than you receive and so you just continue to dismiss it but you see it so clearly and the reason it bothers you with your child is because you've never addressed it in your own life so you've got some emotional charges on it because it's reminding you of your own imbalance and so you know, again, only you know, walk your talk and even admit to your child that you're learning as well and you let's do it together. Let's let's make sure we 
We associate and have relationships where we feel there's reciprocal connection and there's a mutual support and understanding. So with teenagers, without you know putting your foot down and saying, I don't want you being spending time with that person, um, they're going to want to if you do that most likely because they're probably not judging them from the position you are. I would learn about, I would spend time and just say, why do you like to spend time with this person? And you can own your own, you say, you know, this is my perception, and maybe it's incorrect. But what I see is, and what I'm noticing is, these, that this person has these tendencies or these values. I'm a little concerned about that. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, my concern as your parent is you're going to be influenced in a way that's not healthy for you. How do you feel about that? And then, listen, I've mentioned the model of empathic listening where you actually take turns and when you're in the role of the listener, you put your own agenda aside, you listen to your child and you relay back to them and you really, your, your intent, your only agenda in that role is now my job's to listen. I see so many parents with teenagers that they just want their teenager to hear them. They want to be heard by their teenager, but they're not hearing their teenager. And the skill of empathic listening, I learned it when I was in my sophomore year. I remember communication class, I learned this. This has been around a long time. You could probably Google it. But you're showing empathy. You're showing understanding. You're, the skill is to then relay back well, what I hear you saying is da 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 da, and they'll say. I just recently did this with one of my kids, and he was really expressive, and he's like, "Yeah, that's how I feel." And he said, "Thank you for understanding me." I said, "You're welcome." Is there anything else you want to say? And he thought about it. He went, "No." I went, "All right. Well, anytime you need, you know, I'd, I'd love to understand you. I want to hear what you're saying." Um. And then he said, well, what about you? And I decided for where he's at, and this is, um, I, I decided it wasn't important that I was heard in this scenario. I said, you know, I, all I want you to know is what I want you to hear from me is I really want the best for you. I really, my intentions were coming, because I did something that, was upsetting to him, something I said or the way I responded to something. And I had no ill intent. And after he was had expressed it, felt heard, and he had calmed down, I said, oh, you know, really what I want you to hear from me is I had no ill intent. I really, really meant well. And I apologize if that was offensive to you because that was not my intent. And it worked out. So... Have that, you know, you're going to be able to influence your child more the more they feel heard and understood by you. And guess what? When they're having that kind of experience in the home, they're going to, you know, at some point notice their dysfunctional, toxic friend isn't real supportive. So you want you help them experience what you hope for them to be creating in their relationships outside the family system by creating it with them in your family system and become your child's friend. And some kids need, you know, it's tough when your child is one of those children that has a tendency to need to learn by trial and error. And you learn to trust and pray and stop trying to make sure certain things don't happen. That's an interesting experience. But, um, I tr- ask to see the potential of your child and ask to know, ask God in your prayers to know your child's potential and please guide me in how I can 
support this, even though it sometimes may not look like support, because sometimes doing nothing is the kindest thing you can do, and they need to learn on their own. And ask for angels to watch over them in their process, because sometimes the kindest thing you can do is to allow and to trust that your child's journey and the journey that they've chosen in this life experience is perfect for their own growth and learning and keep maintain a heartfelt connection because if you have a child that you know is living beneath their potential and making choices um, that are and they and they may be with people that are not of the caliber of that you know their potential is um, rather than to estrange yourself by getting too preachy or becoming judgmental, continue to make sure you have an open channel of a heartfelt connection and trust. Build the trust. Continue to love them because they will turn to you. They will turn back to you. I know that. But if they've felt your judgment or felt your discontent or your own, you know, that's your own stuff you need to, why are you getting your buttons pushed, you know? What are you unresolved about in your own being that this situation is pushing your buttons that you need to look at so that you can show up in a place of love and understanding and not keep reminding your child, you know, that's that's the other thing, you know, these little hints, these little, it's kind of like just drop it. Say, how you doing? Is there any way I can support you? I'm talking about an older child right now, teens and up. So I'd love your questions about this or anything today. You can call in at 347-677-1963. And I'd love it if you've had an experience with this and it worked out favorably. What did you do? Or didn't work out so favorably. What have you learned from it? I do have a caller that's dialed in. You're 801, you're live on the show. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, what's your name? Good, I am Natalie Harper, and I'm actually, I don't really have an experience with what you're talking about. I just had a question. Sure. Um, Are you okay to take questions? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Perfect. I have, well, I'm a type 3, and I have a type 1 for my son, and he is 2. He's turning 3 in a couple weeks. And he has quite the eating problem. And he's I a type 4? He's a type or 1. type 1. Type 1, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm a type 3. Okay. <clears throat> and he has... Quite an eating disorder. <laughs> I call it a disorder. What does that look for like for a two? He's, he's um, how old? Almost two? He's almost three. Almost three. Okay. What does an eating mm-hmm. disorder look like for a three-year-old? Um, for me, I, I, I'm teasing about the disorder. It's not a disorder. I'm just worried. Okay. Well, there's, a, there's is, an issue, evidently. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just worried that he gets pretty attached to his food, meaning he wants snacks all day. And I, I mean, as a type 3, you probably understand, I want him to sit down, eat his meal, and be done. And then I do Uh offer snacks throughout the day. But I'm just concerned that he's constantly wanting food. Like, he'll go to bed at nighttime and say, I need breakfast right when I wake up. I'm like, okay, I'll give you breakfast right when you wake up. So he wakes up, and that's the first thing he says, I want breakfast. And I'm like, okay. So I feed him breakfast. What kind of, and then, what kind of diet is he having? What's his diet like? I'm only allowing him to have healthy snacks throughout the day. So, you know, I have like the clementine oranges, maybe a string cheese. I have yogurts that I freeze for him. Okay. Um, and he'll eat those? Really, I mean, he'll, he'll eat those? Uh-huh. Those are the only okay. things that I usually say yes to. So when he asks me for something, he's like, can I have this? And if I say no to it, candy or treat and he's like oh can I have an orange or a yogurt and then I say yes to those things so then he you know he gets excited that he can have those things okay so like this is getting a little old because every day you're dealing with like food is on the forefront 
Yes, and it's and it's kind of like it's like a sit down, eat a meal, and forget about it. Okay. Yes. So I can. Like I, I want The kitchen's not closed. I'm fine with him having snacks. I just he throws a fit if I tell him no. Well, it He'll sounds like it's sort of what I'm hearing you say is that you're in a little you're in a little bit of overwhelm because the subject is taken over a bit. <laughs> it's like yes, with food. It's it's extreme, which is fair because you're like, uh, okay, what's your history with food and weight and that whole deal? You know what? I don't really have a history with that. I am. You've I been able raised, to maintain um, a healthy weight. Food's been easy yeah. for you. You yeah. haven't been told. Yeah. You come from a family where they all obsessed about weight, and everyone always talked about how they, you know, the women were. You know, women mothers will do this. So they'll they'll model and program their daughters by their own speech of you know we just get heavy in this family. It's just what happens. Right. No. We're actually a very thin family. We don't have, you know, we don't suffer from any overeating or any problems like that. Do you think he's full? Um, I think... getting full? The thing is, yeah, he'll sit down and eat. Like, if I keep... He doesn't get his milk after a certain time, and he won't... He's not allowed to have any snacks after a certain time before dinner so that we can all sit as a family and have dinner. Well, he'll eat, and then he likes to graze, and so I'm, I struggle with that because I know that it's dinner time. You sit down, you eat a full meal, and we're done, and I clean up and we're done. But I leave his plate out for quite a while longer and let him graze yeah. and let him go do whatever he's doing and come back and eat. So I've tried really hard to just let him kind of pick at his own will. But come like a certain time, you know, like 7 o'clock, it's close to bedtime, food's put away, and dinner's done. And I'll well, my him, sense is full? he's feeling he. I my sense is he's feeling some overlay of mom controls the food. This yeah. energy of just mom's controlling the food, so I have to make sure I get it. So he's going to be more. See, if he didn't feel it, this sort of more extreme feeling of mom's controlling something that I that I. And I have no choice here. Now he's right. going to respond back to that with extremes. Because okay. he's feeling this. Notice the emphasis on the word feeling. He's feeling he doesn't have any power here. Right. And so he's kind of like excessively presenting itself. Because he's very young. Okay. I mean, he's three. But you've said very emphatically several times, you know, the food's put away. You know, I can feel your energy. And then your frustration is kind of building the sense of control, which aggravates it, which makes his response. See, your, your child, especially at the age of your child, is he's just a, whatever you're doing, there's something that you need to alter for him to change his response to you. He's too young to be um, conniving, you know. He's too young to be calculated. Mm -hmm. He's feeling something, and this is kind of the, this is the cause and effect of the energy. And it's, so, and as his excessiveness builds, your need to try and control it to prevent it builds, which creates more of what you don't want. Yes. See, I'm saying, so you need to alter the energy you're in when you're doing all this. Okay. He's a light, he's feeling, you know, if he's type one, he's light and free. Mm-hmm. Yes, this feels yes. containing, structured, and a little bit, um, because there's frustration for you, heavy for him. Mm-hmm. So how can you make this, um you're in a you're in a position too where you're trying to shift something so it's a little bit tedious for you because you're a type right. three because you just want to say oh my gosh get over it come on you know yeah. really we're Let's done, done with this is over <laughs> well that, and you see when you say dinner's done what i'm hearing you say really is i'm really tired of this and i want to be done with this yes and i'm tired of having my child wake up in the morning and go, where's my breakfast? And want to go, right. I don't care about your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to me about your breakfast. 
Uh, and so you're de- you're dealing with some te- something that's very tedious for a type three, okay? So you kind of have to suck it up, <laughs> yeah, and go. All right, I'm going to shift this. This is all going to shift because the more I I the more you show up in that energy, the more he's going to show up in his. So how right. can you know back to the classic standard approach to type one children? How can you make this more light and fun? for this boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then what else does he need for light and fun in his world so he's not so focused on food? Oh, man. Yes, this is true. So where okay. else is he feeling heavy and restricted? Um, I don't know. Probably everything about me is heavy. <laughs> well, do you guys have, do you have time away from each other? Are you like getting breaks from him? Does he get to go to play groups? Does do you have babysitters come in? Do you go off, take off, and run your errands without having to lug anybody with you? You know, you you need you need yeah. to be able to get some things done without the interference because that's going to give you a, a good measure of a sense of satisfaction. That's very important for a type three mom. If even if you know, when you have little children, that was the hardest phase for me, and that's I now understand that because I wasn't just free to move and do what I wanted, you know, in a, at a pace. So, by some stroke of genius on my part, I was smart enough to get a, what I called a mother's helper to come in my house, and she would play with the kids because it was more satisfying for me to like get a lot of jobs done around the house. That's how I am, yes. <laughs> it was like a 12-year-old, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I, I hired a very responsible type for a 12-year-old. <laughs> just right. Your job was play with my son. <laughs> I right, need you entertain for three my hours. kids, What's that? Entertain my kids, would you? <laughs> yeah. See, you're not, yeah. you're frustrated because this feels all like a lot of interruption for you, too. And where are yes, you, where are you, you know, you need to be, how many kids do you have? I have three. Okay, and are they all? They're all little. Um, they are little. My oldest is a six-year-old, and she's a very she's okay. Like, yeah, she's a very high energy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing and is, I have, you just sometimes need to go grocery shopping without three kids. Yeah. You need to. You need to experience on a regular basis what it feels like to move swiftly and get it done fast, with yeah. nobody bugging you. Mm-hmm. So I think because you're not getting that piece, it's making you um, less patient to deal with this as well. Okay. See, what I'm saying is that's going to help you have more patience when you deal with all the mommy stuff and little children. Because you're right. a couple now times I do have... a week. You're... Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying I do have a part-time job and I'm a waitress. I'm a bartender because it's the high pace and the moving for me that I enjoy. Yeah. And so I I do get time away. I'm working about two well, or three nights Well, it's not the same, though. No. You have a list of things you want to get done. That's true. Yeah, I do. Things you need. It's all about, you know, getting the chores. You know, you just want to get your laundry done and say, it's done. I love it. It's done. You know, there's a lot of satisfaction right. in getting something done in our world. So I... I learned to sweep floors as a kid. You know, I look back in my life and I go, there's so many things I did that I didn't know that's why I was doing it because I needed some mm-hmm. sense of me in the in the mix, you know. So, no, it's all about giving you some time to get some stuff done, whether it's errands or whether it's in your home. Um, it's not about going, you know, that's a nice piece for you, too, to have a part-time job that allows you some income and to do what you do. But I'm specifically right. talking about stuff in running a family. Okay. So okay. try that and then um, just note it. You know, you'll, this will listen to the recording and take some notes from it and, and really take some time to look, you know, look at your child and say, he's showing me he's imbalanced right now. Something's going on. He's not. This is excessive. It's out of balance. So how can I support him to feel more light and free in our world? Okay. Okay. Thanks for calling in. All right. Yeah. Hey, thank you for your help. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. So the lines are open at 347 677 
0863, press 1 on your um, phone. I need to have you press 1 so I see it on my switchboard that you want to talk to me. But, um, you know, nobody's... It's rare. It's rare, rare, rare that a parent... Um, if you want to see... If you want to, if you want to feel better about yourself, watch Doctor Phil as he puts on some of the most. I only watch this show when I'm getting my nails done. It seems to happen around the time of Doctor Phil, which is maybe twice a month. And I look at um, some of the people on there, and I'm like, wow, there's some really wounded people in this world because man, they're making some crazy choices that are just perpetuating more wounding. And if you need to. Kind of pick me up, go, I'm not doing so bad. <laughs> I'm making some pretty decent choices here. And, you know, just in reference to the extremes that are playing out in this planet, and I trust everyone, you know, you got to know that you have a good, as a parent, recognize your good intention and your willingness to continue learning and growing, which I really admire in each of you. I did have a question submitted via parenting at liveyourtruth.com, and I want to address this today because I think it's a really valuable um, it's, we can learn a lot from this. This is a little bit longer. This is sent in by a type 2 mom. She writes, Carol, I have three boys, six and a half, who's a type 2, a three and a half year old who's a type 3, and a 20 month old who's a type 1. My question relates to my oldest son, my type 2. My husband and I both have average and small height genes on both sides of our family. I'm trying to prepare my son by using examples from our families to show that it is not uncommon for those oldest to be shorter than the younger brothers. Currently, my oldest son is not much taller than my three-year-old. Though he is growing at a steady rate, he, he just started out small. I'm also trying to prepare him for what his peers may say at school by trying to make sure he has a lot of confidence in himself so that if and when he is teased for being small, it will not wound him. I have felt pretty good about my son's confidence and achievements, and he has not said anything to me about anything, anyone saying anything to him about his size. However, I recently had the opportunity to volunteer in his classroom and was helping another little first grade finish up a project first grader finish up a project. We were chatting and she mentioned how small my son is, that he looks like he is four, and wonders if he will still look like this when he's in the first grade. When they when like he is in first grade when they are in third grade. I simply told her I think he is the perfect size. I have noticed quite a difference in how the children interact with each other between kindergarten and first grade and want to prepare my son for what kids will say so he isn't hurt. I would really appreciate any advice you can give. I first want to say thank you for sending this in, and I know you have no, you're coming from a really heartfelt place and a concern for your child. I'm going to, and so what I say is from my heart as well, and I hope you'll really take this into consideration to prevent something here. I think you're setting up your son. I think you're creating what you don't want. Wherever you focus your attention, you flow energy to it, and more of it becomes manifest in your life. It's just a simple creation process. Wherever energy is expressed, wherever attention is given, we manifest it. We create it. You're going to create what you don't want and set your son up to experience that as well. I think it's a little bit, a little bit of irony here that you're the one that manifested the young child playing off of your script, which is, my son's going to be teased because he's short. And the fact that you've even referenced a size, short, tall, whatever, you know, when you live true to your nature, it's interesting. There's a woman in our Dressing Your Truth community who's not even five feet tall, and she's a type three. And I've said this many times to her because she comes to different club nights and is in the live audience. And I said, you know, you don't even come across, you don't even notice your size anymore at all. I bet you used to hear that a lot. And she says, I never hear it anymore because her energy is so substantial. So people, we recognize people for their movement, not the container necessarily of their movement. And when a child is living true to their nature 
they stand apart. They stand tall in energy. They stand in confidence. And so there's no need to even be concerned about this. Put your focus on supporting your child and knowing himself, loving himself, holding that confidence naturally, and he'll be admired. You you could even Google short men in the world who've made a difference, and you'll go, I don't even know, you know, movie stars. And, yeah, they might change, you know, modify some things to make them look taller with certain leading actresses, but Tom Tom Cruise is a perfect example of an average sized guy. He's five foot seven. His energy is so big, though. His energy presents so large. Another one is Ben Stiller. He's only five foot seven, and yet his energy, his presence, has such has such bigness about it that I. What is it from your past? Were you teased? Where does this come from? This is an old family program that's presenting. So obviously, you're feeling the energy of it. The energetics are still running. So you're noticing the energy, and rather than clearing it and releasing that energy and that old program you're trying to you you're being in that energy when you feel it you sense it's there and it's going to create this but you're the one that's the carrier for it not him don't don't imprint this on him don't imprint him with this program that you have been a carrier of is your husband a carrier as well because you said both sides you and the and his dad. So what do you need? You need to clear this and release this belief that size matters, to that uh, I'm going to be, te- I was teased because I was short, people made fun of me, I'm not good enough, my size makes me less than. If you are not familiar with my energy clearing work, I highly recommend you the best resource for my energy clearing work to learn how to do tapping and to clear issues is the Carol Tuttle Healing Center that you can locate at caroltuttle.com. You can find multiple healing sessions in that, and you could write your own script then based on all these fears you have. I'm afraid for my son because you can look back into your own story. Is your 8-year-old still living the story of I wasn't tall enough? Go through visualization. Go get that eight-year-old and bring them into the light and validate that they're perfect just the way they are. I offer hourly sessions. We could clear this. <laughs> There's a lot of options here. It's just this is an old program. Here's the energy is presenting itself. It does not need to be created. Um, you created it with the... Your son has never had the experience. I find it interesting that you're the one that manifests the experience. And that little girl was just playing off your script. She validated your fears because you've been putting you've been focusing on the fears. So I invite you to do this and, and rewrite the story and raise your child with confidence and his confidence will be in place and it may never even show up. Probably won't. I have time for one more live call. If there's anyone, otherwise we'll wrap the show up for today. You can call in at 347-677-1963 and press the number 1. If you joined us late, I had some great tips for helping your child if they have a toxic friend. You'll notice with everything I teach, It's never just about your child. It always involves looking at yourself and looking at your own story that you're still a carrier of from your own childhood wounding. Everybody gets wounded to some degree as a child. It's impossible for it not to happen. Just even, I doubt, I I trust that your children don't have to, you know, I look at my own grandkids and I think, well, they'll have minimal wounding in their life (laughs) they'll have minimal wounding because the level of consciousness and understanding their parents have is is really supportive to their children really growing up with with confidence in uh, knowing and living from their their true self their energy type so let's see if there's anyone that's dialed in 
we just I'm looking up next week's show. Uh, join me next week. You can submit your parenting questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. And I really enjoy talking to you on the live shows as well if you want to call in. Next week I'm going to be sharing affirmations to become a better parent that will support you in creating more of what you want in your role as a parent. Thanks to everyone who subscribes to the Child Whisper podcast on iTunes. You can go to iTunes and do a search for Carol Tuttle and you can subscribe and have the weekly shows downloaded to your device if you're in the Apple world through iTunes. And thanks to all of our listeners that listen to the recordings and access all of the past shows. I really appreciate it. So we'll wrap today up. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for being such amazing parents. And your children, more than anything, just want to be loved by you and accepted for who they are. And I know you're doing the very best you can at that, and thanks for being willing to continue in your own personal development to allow more of that for your children. I'll talk to you next week. For more information on Carol's revolutionary Child Whisperer parenting system, go to www.thechildwhisperer.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking parenting book, The Child Whisperer. That's www.thechildwhisperer.com To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Child Whisperer show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being a part of today's show. 